Hello, my name is Richard Fern of the University of Work Communications Department. I'm here today with Professor Daniel Jolie of the Centre for Research into Ethnic Relations. Recently we have seen senior politicians, most notably Jack Straw, question or at least raise the issue of the use of veils by Muslim women. Danielle, this has become an incredibly hot issue politically. Why is that? It's an international affair, as well as a European affair, as well as a British affair. And I think all of them come together and have been exacerbated by the whole development that we can notice in the Muslim world. Um, The tandem aggression by President Bush and Prime Minister Tony Blair in Afghanistan and in Iraq which have generated enormous protests from the British population. And I hasten to say not only from Muslims. In fact, the large proportion of people who demonstrated against the intervention in these wars were British people of British descent. So it's quite significant. It's not a minority phenomenon. Now, the whole scenario has set out issues that would come to the fore related to Muslims. Later on, Britain witnessed also suicide bombers, which have shocked the whole population, the government, the politicians, and has shocked Muslims as much, if not more, than all the others. And this is why Muslim issues have now been projected to the forefront of the media and of politicians' concern. They also become very useful to try and explain away whatever problems there might be uh, that politicians do not like to spend time discussing. One concern that has arisen is that of social cohesion with the questioning of multiculturalism. Multiculturalism is the policy which has underpinned actions related to ethnic minorities, but also which has been overarching the whole development of policies in Britain towards a coherent, harmonious Britain, bringing together its diverse population. I would argue that multiculturalism has been very beneficial to Britain and has been working alongside an atmosphere of tolerance, as Roy Jenkins suggested and promoted long ago in the 60s. It doesn't mean that there are no flaws and no problems related to multiculturalism. In fact, if you look at the period of the 60s, wasn't it the 60s in which a senior politician predicted rivers of blood in British streets? And isn't that what we've seen as a result of multiculturalism? The rivers of blood, yes, you could argue that it's the result of multiculturalism. You could argue that it's the result of racism and Islamophobia. You could argue that it's the result of British foreign policy. You could argue that a few young people, a handful of them, have nothing to do with the majority Muslim population, which is what most people think, either within the Muslim population or without. Um, In Germany, you had... an organization called the Bademeinhof group, which also planted bombs because they were disillusioned, because they were completely disconnected from, I would say, the reality of what was going on in their country. 
did that mean that all the young Germans at the time had to be questioned, that the whole of German society had to be questioned, that the whole of German policy had to be questioned? But when we ask for the removal of veils, that's not an unreasonable request, surely? It depends from whose point of view. You, see, you have to remember that Britain is not a secular society. In Britain, the state and the church are not separated. The queen is the head of the church and the head of the state. So that religion has, um, can officially occupy the public space, and this is accepted, not only tolerated, but accepted as an intrinsic uh, trait of British society. Now, if this is the case, and if religion exists throughout the law courts, throughout all the institutions of British society, then it has to be religion and all religions, which means that Muslims should be entitled to practice their religion according to how they understand it and believe in it. Whether one, should agree, whether one agrees or not with the wearing of the veil, the whole makeup of British society must ensure that people who wish to use it are able to do so. That's very interesting because in France recently there were cases in which the veil was banned in schools for, for reasons of separation of state and religion. Indeed, this is the case in France. Um, it's much more complex, however, because the strict definition or interpretation of, of the laïcité or separation of the state and the church did not in itself demand that the veil should be banned in school. In fact, a new law had to be introduced, albeit in the name of laïcité, in the name of the separation of the state and the church, but a new law had to be introduced to ban the veil from schools. The constitutional aspect of French society and polity, which had separated the state and the church, was not enough to ensure that. Jack Straw, of course, is a senior politician. He's served <coughs> in a number of different roles uh, within the government. He also, his constituency is one of tremendous ethnic diversity. Um, surely he's more qualified than most to speak on these subjects, and surely it's appropriate for a minister to discuss these issues. I do not think it's by chance that he's brought it out in, in the public space. Um, there must be a reason, which I'm not privy to, but there must be a reason why he brought it out and generated this debate. I understand that this was happening in his... His, yes, his constituency, yes. His constituency, and it didn't need to come out. So Jacques Straw cannot have taken the initiative on his own. He must have been backed prior to his bringing out the whole issue in public. He must have been backed by other authority in the government. Now, I do not know the mystery behind it. Well, of course, he has been supported by, for instance, Gordon Brown and other senior politicians as well. One could surmise that they are wooing potential voters for the Conservative Party because the Labour Party has lost a great deal of its popularity precisely as a result of its intervention in the Iraq war. And this sort of comment might be very welcome by people who want to come back to British values, although nobody knows what they really are, but uh, it's always a very good word to quote. 
And yet the fact is that for many multicultural communities within our, our major cities, the veil is divisive. The veil is a statement of. I think we have to remember to try and analyse what the veil means. And unlike what could be assumed, if you do research in those areas among young women, as I've done, as mm. we're still doing at the moment, we are carrying out a comparative project about the p political participation of Muslim women in France and Britain, right at the moment. And what you find is that the reasons behind the wearing of the veil are very complex and, in fact, are not traditional reasons. In fact, they are reasons of modernity most of the time, not always. Of course, there are occasions where the woman is made to wear it by her community or her family. But there are many more occasions where educated young Muslim women will decide to wear the veil because it's a statement of their own identity, very often against the wishes of their parents, because this is a trend among the youth, because they want to claim um, belonging to an Islam which is different from the ethnic Islam, because the wearing of the burqa, the total cover of the body, is not doesn't pertain to Pakistani or Indian tradition, doesn't pertain to the Indian Peninsula. And therefore they want to distance themselves and state it clearly from the traditional ethnic Islam and from the control of traditions which takes them back to customs prevailing in the villages which their parents come from. And it's a almost a statement of independence for some of them, and I'm not saying it's a generalized phenomenon, as well as a statement of faith, but of a, diff a faith to a different Islam. So one has to dig deeper to understand what is the meaning of the wearing of the veil. In addition, another phenomenon is grafted onto this, which is the rise of Islamophobia. Because Islamophobia because Islamophobia has increased enormously as a result of 9-11 um, as a result of 7-7 um, and also as a result of uh, general hostility in Europe against Islam it's not just a pure British phenomenon then people will tend to find protection in their own group and in their own identity and this may have enhanced the wearing of the, of the veil in other words obtaining the opposite result to what these politicians are talking about. What they're talking about is more social cohesion, more understanding. I, underst I guess this is what they would like to see. Uh, I perhaps naively assume that this is what they would like to see. But their action and their discourse is probably promoting the opposite. Because if you want harmonious development, if you want cohesion and understanding among different diverse groups and populations and communities, what you need at the bottom of it is an atmosphere of tolerance, of openness, not an atmosphere of hostility and repression. Because that would, on the contrary, push people to crystallize further into their their so-called identity, because I have doubts as to one single Muslim identity. That does not exist. And yet the fact is that many Muslim uh, extremists uh, and vocal proponents of, of, of that cause seem to want a state based on Sharia law. Um, and surely this is part of it. In Britain, and 
infinite minority would promote this among Muslims. The vast majority of all Muslims' organizations are promoting abiding by the law of the state in which they live. And this is the case for Muslim organizations in Britain. They even give encouragement to their members to participate in elections, to fully participate in the British democratic process. They support the British democracy. You can find that in all the publications by the important Muslim organizations in Britain and by the vast majority of them. Those who would promote Sharia law are always propelled through the media because it's sensational, but they're an infinite minority and they're completely insignificant in terms of their influence. Jack Straw... Jack Straw's constituency is um, one of tremendous ethnic diversity. It's also one of one that suffers some of the, the highest indices of, of social deprivation. To what extent are these issues linked? Well, in the first place, it is important to reiterate that Muslim populations in Britain, namely Pakistanis and Bangladeshis in their majority, are the most deprived group the most deprived populations by all the indicators, practically all the indicators of poverty. And, for instance, a good number of them live in the north of Britain, where all the industries have closed down, all the factories have closed down. They are cemeteries of factories, and people are unemployed and tremendously poor and deprived. Um, I do not think it's by chance that frustration develops among those populations because even the young people who will succeed in their studies emanating from those populations witness and are aware of the deprivation throughout their community. There is no obvious justification for it. There are explanations, for instance, the geographical location or the period of their arrival, namely Bangladeshis arrived in Britain at a time when the recession was already setting in, therefore it didn't have a proper chance of making good, as those who arrived earlier had, at least to a larger degree. So there are explanations, but it doesn't make it justifiable or legitimate for the people who suffer it. And I don't think you can dissociate with this factor from the frustration that some young people will, will express and you could even argue that Islam provides them with a space of dignity, which British society doesn't, in terms of the deprivation they suffer. This, cumulated with British foreign policy, is not likely to make it better. However, in terms of their participation in British society, they are the population who participates most in voting, more than the British white population and more than all the other ethnic minority populations, which means that they want to be an integral part of British society. They want to participate. They want to be part of it. They do not want to be marginalized, to be on the side and, and to separate out. That's the best statement of it. If you look at Muslim associations... They interact very actively, very intensely with local authorities, with national government, with British institutions. Isn't that a statement of their will to be part of this society? Now, where does the marginalization come from? In the north of England, when the riots took place in 2001, 
in the very, very deprived areas of Oldham, Burnley, in areas which I've described as cemeteries of, of work and factories. Suddenly the talk was of social cohesion, with somehow the blame being placed on the victims. They are segregated because they want to be. They are segregated because the deprivation and the poverty make them so. And the white populations in the same areas are very poor too, very deprived too, and segregated also. But this is not the result of the victims' desires. In fact, a report has officially demonstrated that it was partly linked, largely linked, to the local authority policy in those areas. So one should be very careful when one speaks of social cohesion, not to lay the blame at the doorstep of the victims. Instead, one should help those suffering from social, from segregation to be brought back in a good stead as part and parcel of British society. I want to come back to multiculturalism. I said earlier on that I thought multiculturalism had uh, a lot of positive sides, and in particular, which has been a success in Britain, for instance, compared to France, has been the struggle against discrimination and the strength of anti-discrimination laws, the 1976 Race Relations Act, the Amendment 2000, um, the ethnic question, the religious question, which have enabled policymakers to identify discriminations and therefore to challenge them has been an enormous success. There are plenty of problems still, but it means that, I would argue, in British society, if you're a young person of ethnic minority background, you have, comparing it to France, you would have much less humiliation in everyday life through, for instance, racist insults, which have become unacceptable in this country. This is one of the successes. One should not throw out the baby with the bathwater. On the other hand, multiculturalism has been based on community associations and on interaction with leaders. It has worked, it has worked well to mobilize communities, associations, members of ethnic minority groups. I would say very well for the first generation. When we come to young people who have been born and brought up in this country, they feel rather left out very many times because the leadership of those associations tends to be in the hands of first-generation males. And so that young people and females would feel they are not part of it and they are not given a real voice in the interaction with British institutions and British authorities. I would say the target and the objective is not to do away with multiculturalism, but to accommodate it in order to integrate into it all the young people who are British, who were born in Britain, who grew up in Britain, but still have some identity, some elements in their makeup, in their projects, which are not exactly the same as those of what one could call the majority population of young people. Not exactly the same in terms of some cultural attributes which they wish to 
preserve or may not wish to preserve, but some do. So one has to pay attention to the diversity and to make sure that the young people of Britain, in their diversity, through their diversity, participate in multiculturalism and are not left out of it. Do you think Jack Straw fully appreciates the consequences? Well, I, I think Jack Straw, for in any case, is in, enormously insensitive and lacks respect for his female Muslim constituent. This is very clear-cut. In addition, the consequences of his statements are very significant in the sense that he's giving ammunition to racists, is promoting views which would encourage racists to discriminate against Muslim women, perhaps to aggress them and take them, take their veil away because they would find some legitimacy in it from politicians' statements, so that his mistakes go far beyond insensitivity. His mistake in the statement he made may have serious consequences which he will have to take the blame for at the end of the day.